0: list of things to do this year is just survive
1: survive yeah 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 just yeah it's that first year of parenting is that level in resident evil 4 when you have to put all the cabinets in front of the windows and you're in in with louise yeah
0: Yeah. fucking and you're just
1: (laughs) trying to shoot everything that's coming through the windows yeah
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then i assume like the first year of toddlerhood is Whenever you're at the lake and you accidentally shoot the water too early, and then it jumps out and kills you.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I would say th- year three is when you're running. It's a very weird part of that game when you're running from the giant statue of Salazar that falls on you, and you're like yeah. trying to outrun in, and like there's stuff dropping and falling on you. I don't.
0: It's the quick time know. event where you have to qu- keep hitting A.
1: It really is, and I didn't play the remake of that game, so I'm going off memory, but yeah, it it might also dip into. What are the things with the the Wolverine claws that are oh, blind? Yeah, and you have to be quiet.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what they're called. Uh, the scariest yeah. thing in that game were the uh, regenerators. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. So, no.
1: To our younger yeah. listeners, that you used to have to buy, mm-hmm. it's about twenty dollars a an accompanying magazine for your video game. Yeah. Before the internet, that would tell you. And only your most treasured of video games you would buy a manual for. And I remember having the manual for Resident Evil 4. And being floored by the fact that when you opened this manual that told you where every single thing was. On the part about the Regenerators, it was just like, yeah, you just can't do anything. You just have
0: to... You just have to run. You just have to run. And I remember being like, you can't do that. Yeah. You're not allowed
1: to to just have a part.
0: Not until, like, a little bit later in the game when you get, like, the infrared scope and you can see yeah. where you had to shoot them. Yeah.
1: I just remember the first time seeing a game where it's like, you can't just, you have yeah. to have some way to beat it. You yeah. can't just not.
0: Yeah. And, and then, Resident Evil's
1: like, oh, no, go fuck yourself. Go, go, fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's And then uh, Dark Souls came out and there's pretty much yep. no way to beat any of it.
1: And, and that's the one where people put up signs, right? Where they'll be like, "At the bottom of this yeah. well is is treasure," and then it's just everyone jumps off and dies. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> God, that oh, that's probably one of my favorite things that has happened in recent internet culture. That is, oh, that's so good. After sh- social media dies, I hope that's how we all communicate.
1: In Dark Souls, uh, Dark wooden signposts, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It, they're uh, not even like s- signposts; it's just like glowing letters on the ground.
1: Oh, I thought you actually had to put, like, a signpost or something no. like that. No. Oh, I love
0: it. That's good stuff. Um, so, anyway, welcome back to another episode of High Podcasting. I'm Dad, uh, a podcast for dads by dads about being a dad. I'm your host and first-time dad, Steven. And with me, as always, is two-time dad, Brad. Uh, this week, we do not have a guest. Once again, we will have one in on our next episode. Uh, and so our topic is... Uh, it's probably multi-tiered. Uh, we're going to start off with the dad's role in breastfeeding. Um...
1: I love that rhyme, two-time dad, Brad. Yeah. If that was off the top of your dome, it, it really hit me in a really good spot. I really liked it.
0: The first time I did it, it was definitely off the dome. And now it's just, like, worked its, worked its way into the uh, intro.
1: It's a good flow. Um, what, uh, by by curiosity, you sent me this article. I'm sure we'll post it in the show notes. Big study about the dad's role in breastfeeding. How did you come to find this article?
0: Uh, My wife sent it to me.
1: Oh, okay. Friend of the pod.
0: Yeah. Friend of the pod, my wife. <laughs> Friend of
1: the pod, your wife. Um, and was she, if you don't mind me getting weird with it, was she specifically looking for information or did it come across on just like a, a Facebook, you know, kind um, of a thing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, uh, so she found it, like, I guess uh, without... I guess at this point she has become like our, uh, without Brad even knowing, like our guy in the chair. Um, yep. Like she is our our third person who's like, helps out with the pod, but doesn't like, isn't on the pod. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, if you're a Rooster Teeth guy, the Christian is yeah. the guy on, on Red Web. I really like that yeah. podcast a lot. Shout out another pod.
0: Yeah, shout out another pod.
1: Or um, Oracle. Yeah, she's into on a, Oracle. Exactly. That's,
0: that's how I ca- described it the other day. Was uh, yeah, Oracle. But then I was minus like, the like, spinal like, trauma. Yeah, obviously. minus uh, getting shot. Um, yeah. So she found this because uh, I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about in this episode, and we didn't record cool. last week, so I wanted to record one this week. Uh, and she was like, Well, I'll look something up. She looked it up and found this. Um, Excellent. She is also pushing me to set up a room in the house uh, that is. Affectionately called the Dad Pad, uh, which Ooh. is where I will do the recording and stuff like that, which is where I am I like now. But it's Dad Pad
1: a lot more than a lot of other buzzwords like man cave. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the reason I kind of brought that up is mm-hmm. I'm I am fascinated with. It's probably becoming a huge theme on this podcast when I talk is how we get our information, kind of what circles we run in, and just how yeah. people come to find out the things that they come out because. In my opinion, moms, women, right? Those kind of caregivers are given such a different network than dads. Yeah, and some of it it is reasons for the pod. Hundred percent. Some of it is, you know, I learned this from my mother or other women or other women in my life that aren't, you know, family, but. Just kind of sometimes maybe even unsolicited gave me that advice so i'm curious you know what kind of articles your wife is reading and kind of information that she's getting and and how that flows to us
0: Uh, my wife is a science teacher so the articles that she does send us will probably primarily be science-based um and typically will be pretty well vetted before we give the information out
1: excellent excellent
0: yeah so
1: so, what were your first thoughts glancing through this article? Um, give me like the the zoomed out summary. What did you take away so, from it?
0: My, going in, I was very much like, "Oh, like a dad's role in breastfeeding." That I really feel like he doesn't have that much to do with it, right? Um, which, uh, like, I mean, the act, the physical act of breastfeeding. No, he doesn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with that part, uh, aside from like getting the baby ready and stuff like that. But it is more um it works better as a team effort uh i think that's probably that that's probably my big effort like like my big takeaway is that like breastfeeding should be a team sport much like every other aspect of parenting um
1: makes sense this honestly bummed me out really when i read it um it, uh, just reading about the the highlighting the Areas that the U.S. kind of lacks uh, education. Yeah. And talked a little bit about how minorities oftentimes receive, you know, lower amounts of paternity leave and stuff like that. So, so many problems that plague parenthood, even in an all things considered perfect environment. And then you add the monkey wrench that is, you know, not everyone gets treated the same or... Right. Even from the get-go, your skin color already dictates, you know, the, how successful you're going to be on something that's so important. Right. One of the key takeaways I took from this is just like, oh, this sucks.
0: <laughs> Very much. Yes, it does. Um much like a lot of uh the healthcare things in the United States. Um it's yeah. not great.
1: The other thing was there's a number that jumped out and I I didn't take this away. I just have the article in front of me. It yeah, talked about <laughs> Thirty-four hundred deaths for SIDS. Yeah, which I thought was way, way lower. Really? Because like top to bottom parenting, right? From the mm-hmm. very first night at the hospital, it's SIDS. back as best. Do yep. these things because SIDS, 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 and you just kind of think like, oh wow, this is a serious problem. It's, I don't want to make light of it, and I don't want to say it's not a serious problem. I just when that number came across it when I was reading, I thought, wow, what a what a smaller amount. Yeah. Than I would have guessed.
0: Right. Um, it is... I mean, it's technically less than um, the amount of babies that are born without buttholes. Without what? Uh, there, uh, One in 5,000 babies is born without a butthole.
1: Okay, I was worried you said butthole, and then when you said it again, I was like, okay, you did say
0: butthole, so... Yeah.
1: Did they cut a new one? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's,
0: it's an immediate surgery.
1: I was gonna say, certainly, there's not like a like a punch, like a. You know what? <laughs> I'm <I> just talking <laughs> my head about like what device do you use for that?
0: Yeah, it's uh, one in five thousand are born without uh, buttholes.
1: Oh boy. Yep. Uh, okay, so I got to look up something too. So I've mentioned my one of my son was being born. He had less vessels than you normally have in his umbilical cord you're supposed to have three he had two right and i'm just looking up some quick statistics on how rare that was just because that's that's something that i dealt with and it's under one percent wow so i mean we're talking about a very serious consequence of something that is very statistically unlikely to happen gosh Okay, so there was some numbers that I thought were interesting too. This is under the dad's role of breastfeeding. Um, they were talking about the study that found among fathers who wanted their infant's mother to breastfeed, 95% reported breastfeeding initiation and 78% reported breastfeeding at eight weeks, which is significantly higher than fathers who had no opinion or did not want their infant's mother to breastfeed, of whom 69% reported breastfeeding initiation and 33% reported breastfeeding at eight weeks.
0: That's very odd that at this day and age that we would have fathers who, or any, yeah, fathers or non birth giving parents, uh, who would go against breastfeeding at this point, uh, with all the studies that have like proven, Hey, like, this is better for your baby. It helps ensure that they get the right antibodies and everything like that throughout their, uh, life.
1: One of the things that I would want clarification on, and I've tried to skim through a little bit of the results to, to see if they talk about it, is, is that only for first time parents? And I say that because after our first was born, we had a really, really hard time breastfeeding um, right. some medical concerns and just, we kind of went into our second baby knowing that we probably weren't going to breastfeed. You know, we were going to try, but that it, it was a, a likelihood that it wasn't going to happen. So when I read this, I was like, oh, I, I might have been one of those fathers that didn't want my kid's mom to breastfeed but only because we had had the experience of having one already right um so I, i'm just curious how that kind of factors in and you might be on your 10th kid and like oh yeah just, I just no
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah no that actually that's a uh, good on, i'm gonna control f
1: uh...
0: uh first time does not appear anywhere in the article okay yeah um
1: So the other one that I liked reading on it was just something that kind of tickled my own fancy. Talk about uh, fathers ensuring an active role, ensuring mothers have good food to eat and a comfortable place to breastfeed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We took some classes before our first kid, the nurse that was teaching it it took a long time to highlight kind of the nutrition piece of breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Her take was, you know, calories are calories because I was asking about those, you know, breastfeeding cookies or lactation treats. And she's like, you know they make you feel good then yeah that's fine right. but your body doesn't know the difference between a lactation cookie and a regular cookie
0: right calories he's like yeah, fed is best calories
1: are good. she's like don't get all your calories from doritos and mountain dew like try to eat healthy food but right you, know, you need calories so sometimes gobbling up a cookie is the right thing to do yeah. to, to be able to produce milk so right. um I, my wife might have a different answer but I thought that was something that I did pretty good was always trying to have a little yellow um, lunch box that we had in our house, and I would just try to regularly take trips to Costco or Kroger to have it right. filled up with all sorts of little treats, you know, just Reese's Cups and popcorn and juice yeah. boxes and stuff like that. Beef jerky, I don't know. Yeah.
0: God, I love beef jerky.
1: Uh, that, that was on me, too, because I don't yeah. think black dating women <laughs> super duper love beef jerky, but, you know, I took some chances.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I do agree that I think that the best thing that you can do is make sure that your partner is just getting calories where they can get calories. If it can be, quote-unquote, healthier foods, whatever, sure. Um, But, Mm -hmm. like, as long as they're eating, that's what's important. Because I think it has now become a slogan for the pod, but, like, fed is best. Whether you're talking about your baby or your partner. Or your baby mama. Yeah, I gotcha.
1: Was there any particular foods that you guys have been going through?
0: Um... We are now 12 weeks into Parenthood, and uh, I think hamburgers are probably the big one. Mm. Um, Not like from McDonald's or anything like that, but like I will hand make the hamburgers. I'll get the raw beef and mix everything in there myself, and then uh, those have been a hit. And we actually have increased the amount of times that we've done that recently Um, almost up to like twice a week
1: ours was blts god i love a BLT. like just fucking murdered in salt and pepper yeah Put it right on the tomatoes so that wetness soaks it all up yeah we we uh, um,
0: buffalo chicken wraps were a good one <clears throat> yeah oh so fucking yeah. good <laughs> yeah yeah uh and when we were struggling to when we didn't have time to go out to the grocery store because we were in the throes of parenthood um the like the dinosaur chicken nuggets on a tortilla with some like shredded cheese and like some mayo and Ooh. Frank's Red Hot. Boom, struggle meal right there. We did that. I on... never,
1: never thought to put it on a tortilla. That's some. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks.
0: Yeah. Um, I think uh, a few more pay- takeaways and the findings that I read through. Uh, you were talking about the 3,400 uh, deaths from SIDS. Um, just above that, uh, it found that 99% of fathers had put their child to bed, but less than a quarter of them used all the methods recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, which are like, always place infants uh, to sleep on their backs, which you were just saying, back is best. Like We have several products. I think the brand is Halo. Uh, like Swatter- it, says it, it says it right there. Back is best. Um, so yeah, uh, using a pre-approved sleep surface, uh, one specifically designed for infant sleep, crib, mm-hmm. bassinet, bedside sleeper. We have... I don't know what it might be halo brand uh bassinet but it's like it's one of those ones that slides like under the bed but then also mm. the bassinet itself is over the bed so yeah uh, and it detaches and that's very nice um i will link these things in the show notes as well uh and then the surface should be firm with no soft bedding or other items such as blankets or stuffed animals uh, i've seen it a lot of times on tiktok recently Of new parents, millennial parents, uh, discussing with their uh, boomer generation or Gen X parents. Um, Uh I guess whenever we were younger, millennials, when we were babies, uh, blankets were a big thing. Like it was like wrap your kid up, like if they're in a seat, whatever, just blankets, 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 blankets. And now we're having to re not only parent our children, but then re parent, like parent our parents to do things differently like if you're gonna watch my kid you have to do things the way that I do them Uh, oh
1: boy that's a big one that's you hit on a really important vein of like like you said reteaching your own parents to be like oh it's it's not like it was you know 30 years ago it's uh they're on their backs now Mm -hmm. have you run into that as a problem
0: we have not because we have only really let one person watch our child uh, outside Mm -hmm. of like my wife and i um well two people we let my sister watch her um whenever we because it was whenever i was still out of work i was still on paternity leave yeah just so we could go upstairs and take a nap um uh, My yeah. sister came over one morning and watched the baby for a few hours so we could go get some sleep She yeah. did that a couple times and then um one of my wife's family members uh came over two weeks ago to uh watch her for a couple hours on a Friday night, so my wife and I could go out to on a date and stuff like that. So excellent. Yeah, uh, which is weird. Uh, we very much thought that like we're gonna go out and we're not gonna talk about the kid, and we're just, all, all we did was talk about the fucking kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's sweet. Uh, but the time we got to the restaurant, my wife was texting the person who was babysitting our daughter. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I-, I get it, I get it.
1: I remember trying to get in as many swears as I could.
0: Yeah, I am Cause like, racking it uh,
1: up. Just like, oh, their kids aren't here? Oh, fuck this shit. This shit fucking sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I very much... Even right now, because my daughter's only... Like I said, almost... No, she's... Yeah, she's like three months now. Uh, so I'm... We're watching a lot of TV, like, children's programming. Uh, right now, the big thing is Blue's Clues. Uh, and I will aggressively fucking play this game um i don't care steve doesn't know i would love to have steve burns on the podcast that'd be awesome mm-hmm. but i swear at blues clues a lot um uh there's a lot of uh, it's right fucking theirs or uh, i don't know you dip shit figure it out
1: in um, the oh goddamn mailbox <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh my daughter loses her shit over the mailbox song so oh, that's good it's her favorite fucking thing Kicks it is crazy. kind of a banger it is
1: yeah so so f- um to get back into this yes the one key thing that I, i'm glad you brought this up mm-hmm. i did kind of need some clarification again because when it said always place sleep infants on their backs mm-hmm. okay cool i know that i've tried to practice that as much as i could until our pediatrician said your daughter's giant head keeps getting misshapen because they sleep even though they're on their back with their head turned. Yeah. And you need to correct that to reshape the head into a normal head shape. Yeah. And the only way I could do that was to, to position my tiny little baby kind of on their side. Yeah. To where their gravity had no other option but to force their head in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it was like I'm trying to think of something that you, you try to balance perfectly, but I just remember having to balance this little sleeping child so precariously on their side so that their head wouldn't get all
0: what? like <laughs> We shaped yeah
1: exactly yeah so uh, again I might be one of those dads where it's like well I didn't always place their on their back but it was it wasn't that I didn't know and it wasn't that I wasn't trying it's just I wanted them to have a head shaped head growing up
0: yeah exactly I didn't want them to ha- I didn't want a cone head baby yeah. exactly uh, no I very much uh, in the we have I think we have next week we go back to the pediatrician for I don't know, actually I don't think we go back until four months, so we have another month before we go back to get another round of shots. Um, So, at that point, if our pediatrician's like, hey, your kid's head is fucked, um, then we'll do something different. But right now, it's pretty okay.
1: Pretty normal thing to have to do. I was still shocked, though, that it says like less than a quarter of of dads putting their kids to sleep. I I had to be taught this stuff, so I don't want to give off the impression that it's, oh, you didn't know? Like, No, I had to get taught this stuff, but like no no sleeping you no know, blankets or stuffed animals when you have a 1 month old in their crib you know put them on a sleeping surface and don't let them sleep on you know at the top of their changing table on the top of a dresser like right. oh it was kind of scary to read of like oh it's a reminder that people are doing this <laughs> yeah
0: exactly uh it's i think it's a scary thought that people are doing this but it's also it also shines a light that like people in fathers primarily need to be taught these things. Um, Absolutely. I I think in the hospital, and as it should be, a lot of the focus is on mom and baby. But I think we need to do something about educating fathers in that. Like in that small window of one to four days, however long you're in the hospital, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's less. I would say average a week
1: at most,
0: um, unless your baby is premature or something like that or has some other circumstances
1: you're you're right though because my initial thought was so much focused in on the like how did you not know you need to be taught this but i mean you're right like you as a dad might be focusing on mom more than you're focusing on the baby so it's not a we just need to educate more it's a there is kind of a, a relationship that happens naturally of one person is watching out for another person right, in the exactly. chain sometimes his dad watches mom who watches kid so kid kind of gets left out of there that makes right. sense
0: yeah no it, it I think it's one of those things that we need to focus on is educating dads but also educating dads in a way that doesn't make them feel dumb for not knowing yeah. these things because whenever little girl like we're, we indoctrinate kids whatever yep. you want to call it we indoctrinate kids into having gender roles from a very early age Little girls play with Barbie dolls, little boys play with Nerf guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big problem with that is a lot of, I don't see it so much now, but when we were growing up, it was like, oh, boys do these things, boys will be boys. Uh, and of I course. think that's a mentality that we need to strive away from. Um, mm-hmm. So, And educate boys to be more, I don't know, open emotionally, like and be okay with doing more genuinely feminine things.
1: That leads us into a great next piece on this, which talked about, you know, the ways that dads can do better. And that was exactly one of them was the education piece and and getting better about those practices. But one of them was kind of supporting, supporting breastfeeding mothers. Right. And the other one was helping to break down barriers, which you completely mentioned, right? We grow up, building these barriers and then we're frustrated when we have to to impact be impacted by them have you run into any issues before with a breastfeeding mom in general
0: um so my sister um who's on the podcast Allie, she breastfed both of her she breastfed both of her boys uh her my first nephew had um, an auto, autoimmune disorder that he's grown out of at this point. Mm. Uh, but he had autoimmune neutropenia, uh, like basically his white blood cells weren't pollute, producing enough, Ooh. uh, neutrophils or something like that. Um, and he would get mm. sick really often, everything like that. And he grew out of that by the time he was five. Um, so she wasn't really able to breastfeed him for a long time, maybe a couple of months. Mm. Um, but she breastfed my second nephew up until the age of three. Uh, Mm -hmm. so for a long time um that was kind of the only experience that i had with a breastfeeding mother up until my wife started breastfeeding um right so i didn't really have a lot of experience with it i don't know if you have
1: it goes to show like i think it's oftentimes kind of shunned for women like you're not supposed to do it so it's a feedback loop where women aren't really encouraged to breastfeed anywhere, but somewhere extremely private, sometimes right. like a bathroom like stall, a which is just, thing. yeah, and then by that nature, guys don't get any exposure growing up with how to be around women that are breastfeeding. Right, like, I know it's...
0: women who have, I have a friend whose wife's a lactation consultant, my cousin's wife's a lactation consultant, um, mm. and they, like, I I know that they breastfeed, they breastfed, I know other people who breastfed, but it wasn't something that I was exposed to until right yeah
1: um i've had some run-ins uh, i was in the military prior which is surprisingly progressive with a lot of policies like maternity and paternity leave um, i just remember working in an office that had a dedicated lactation room and that was because i was in um overseas i was in germany at the time and that's a requirement for certain size buildings if you have more than x amount of employees or rooms it actually by law has to have a lactation room Um, And I just remember a woman coming up to me. She's extremely nervous and was like, hey, I have to ask you a question. Oh, what can I do for you, ma'am? Do you guys have a lactation room? And she was so embarrassed to ask me because she assumed I wouldn't know. And I'm like, by weird nature, I actually know that we do. It's on the third floor. It's, you know, Um, X, Y, Z room. And she was so relieved, just seemed a matter of relief on her face when she found out we did. I was like, oh my God, this seems miserable.
0: Yeah. Uh, We, uh, my job, uh, I won't mention the company because I don't want to give them any more advertising than they already get. Um, (laughs) We also have a lactation uh, room in our building, which I thought was for a major corporation, pretty progressive, for a major corporation in America. um, Right. In an arguably very red state. Um,
1: Yeah. As I, I get into corporate America more, because my last, you know, my current current role is not in the military anymore. Right. so hostile toward women in almost every respect.
0: Yeah. It's astounding.
1: And then, like, <laughs> oh, you're a woman? Go fuck yourself. Oh, right. you're also a mom? Double go fuck yourself. Double
0: go fuck yourself, <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself twice.
1: So I was glad the article talked a little bit about, you know kind of being an ally for uh, moms that are breastfeeding because there is a lot of things guys can do about, you know, not, not being weird around women that are breastfeeding or encouraging right. other guys to not be weird or um, calling them out if they see problematic behavior with that.
0: Uh, yeah. Don't, um, I think everyone, every father, every man, person, ever, just every human being, uh, should be doing everything that we can to make, people doing something as vulnerable as breastfeeding uh as comfortable as possible yep um, Creed. so if uh we're in public and i see somebody say something about a breastfeeding mother i will punch you
1: yep you will get just absolutely um striked
0: yeah you will get strucketh
1: <laughs> so i guess the question that would come up for me mm-hmm reading through this would be how much of a discussion did you guys have prior to having your child did you guys talk about breastfeeding was it frequent was it pretty low Uh,
0: it was something that we talked about it was something that uh it was one of those things that my wife was like when she decided that she wanted to breastfeed
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh it was one of those even when the conversation began to come up i was like okay whatever you want to do i will do my best to support you in that um yeah that was kind of the end of the conversation was oh how do you want to like you want to breastfeed okay cool then we'll we'll do our best to breastfeed um i'll do whatever i can to make things comfortable for you like we have an area in the uh nursery that has like a it's got a table there with her breast pump on it like all the milk bags that she could need and just different stuff like that and Uh, I do my best to make sure that she always has clean pump parts. And then she also has, like, three different kind of breast pumps. So.
1: I don't want to act like I'm so much further in this process that I'm some sort of expert. I'm I'm only, you know, a year, two years and a half or so ahead of you guys. But there are moments where you say something that just, it brings back... (laughs) I don't want to make fun of PTSD but it, it brings back this triggering bolt of lightning yeah. in my head and when you said cleaning pump parts it's just something I've I've worked yeah. so hard to purge out of my mind uh-huh. and not the smell of that palm olive hand soap in uh-huh. that gray plastic bin day after day and losing those stupid little white membrane pieces oh. that goes in the little flap. Oh my oh, god, oh, I hate those so little much. The
0: fill flap? I lose yes. it all the fucking time
1: to the point where I have a bag of them that I had to buy extra on Amazon because I keep losing them.
0: Yeah, probably clogged the sink.
1: Probably down the sink.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah um I cannot recommend uh, wearable breast pumps enough. Um my wife uses one all the time.
1: Makes sense. Um
0: yeah. Uh, makes that's, sense. That's also that leads me into another thing like when my wife is pumping, um if it lines up with the time where we're supposed to feed the baby yeah we will try her on the breast the baby on the on the breast first and then if that doesn't work cool whatever i got a bottle right there um because babies don't always drain it
1: very true very true um oh god i hated cleaning those yeah pump parts
0: fucking worst
1: so much the drying rack yeah the little Did you buy the little grass plastic Uh, grass we have
0: it's not the plastic grass one. We have one, it's like, it's plastic and it's got like the plastic spikes that stick up all down it. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the side of it, it's got like lines, which are fucking useless. Um...
1: I, I will throw out a recommendation. We'll, we'll get into the stuff conversation later, but the cute ones that are shaped like a cactus or something, yeah. don't fucking, buy this.
0: Fucking useless.
1: Buy the one that works, not the one yeah. that looks cute. Yeah. Small diatribe, but... Oh. <sighs> All those dads out there cleaning parts—we
0: uh, here feel- are the trenches. Yeah. We
1: recognize you. We we're here for you. This You're is, welcome too.
0: This is your Verdun, and it's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, put in the put in the comments what you do when you do that. Because I used to throw on headphones, put on some podcasts. You know,
0: yeah,
1: I've a lot of time at the sink just listening to my own thing.
0: Um, yeah, a lot of podcasts in my
1: ears. A lot a lot of podcasts. So dads. That are listening, throw on the comments what you did while you were cleaning pump parts or washing dishes or something like that. Or if you had some good strategies or recommendations for other dads, yeah. throw them on there as well.
0: Because I, I too am in the trenches of uh, breast pump cleaning. So if you right. recommend me some good podcasts, um, I'm, I'm into it.
1: Yep. Yeah. Take a take a moment to feel seen because your mental health is important.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, speaking of mental health, uh, June is Mental Health uh, Men's Mental Health Month. Um, it's also um, LGBTQ Pride Month, um, but we yep. are going to be focusing on the men's mental health part of this.
1: That's correct. So I think the official stance of this podcast is: uh, suck it up, be a man. Yeah. Um, don't <laughs> talk about anything.
0: Yeah. Shove everything down and repress it for thirty years. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Until it boils over into a heart attack that you have at a Longhorn Steakhouse in go. Southwest Ohio.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, if this is any indication of um, how we need to be more open to men's mental health um, on UNC's School of Medicine, um, okay. they like on it. They have an article and it says June is men, Men's Mental Health Month. There are three lines. Uh, Wonderful. This was was posted June 19th, 2023. It says men are less likely than women to seek help for depression, substance use, and stressful life events due to social norms, downplaying symptoms, and reluctance to talk. Right. That's true. But then UNC do better. You haven't given us any way to contact (laughs) anyone about this.
1: Also, I hate that. Oh, I'm downplaying symptoms. Yeah, because an ambulance ride is three grand. I'm yeah, downplaying symptoms because I don't have the money to go to urgent care, you pieces of
0: shit. You fucking assholes.
1: So there there are things we can all do better to help with mental health. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Not having expensive health care.
0: Right. Uh, or you can do something as simple as uh, every week whenever you record a podcast with your best friend. Ask them how things are.
1: There you go. There you go. Be a buddy. Drive someone to the hospital for them. Don't yeah. don't let them call an ambulance.
0: Yeah. Let them call you instead.
1: Right. Learn how to use a tourniquet. They're not expensive. It's also very and easy. Yeah. <laughs> drive your friend to the yeah to the emergency room. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, Miss. You what? You ever been in an
1: ambulance, by the way?
0: Uh, not that I can remember.
1: Yeah, I've been in one. It was depressing.
0: Were you, the, well, that's because the whole time you were thinking about how much this is going to cost you.
1: I, I, that's exactly it. And they were having me fill out forms. I didn't know you have to do paperwork while you're in an ambulance. While
0: you're dying.
1: Yes, when you were on, like, the medical bed. But either way, men's mental health, it's very important. I think we got five big problems. I've seen it kind of grouped up as five. Depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, psychosis and schizophrenia, and eating disorders.
0: Which I didn't understand that, like... Like, that, that last one surprises me, because eating disorders seem like a genuinely more like something that women would deal with and yeah uh so you know what dudes i i'm sorry um today i learned
1: today i learned yep we're here for you man
0: yeah uh so let's hit some of these really quick um
1: depression says six million suffers per year loss of interest in working hobbies feeling sad that type of thing
0: Yep. Uh, Anxiety is approximately 19.1 million American adults ages 18 to 54 have an anxiety disorder. Um, 3,020,000 men have a panic disorder, agoraphobia, or any other phobia.
1: Um, I was curious why they highlighted those specifically. I don't know if those are the most common or they're just throwing out some examples of anxiety. Because I don't typically think of phobias when I they're completely valid yeah. pieces of anxiety it's just not what usually comes to my head when I think about anxiety i think of what's what's more like in tv shows
0: right i did like that they pointed out panic disorders cuz i feel like yes. one of i would like to see the overlap of men particularly veterans or people who have like people who suffer from ptsd that also yeah. have other phobias or other panic disorders I think that the overlap there is something that we should probably highlight.
1: Definitely, definitely. Uh, Number three, we got bipolar disorder. Two point three million Americans, Americans specifically, yeah. um, are affected by bipolar disorder, and it seems like it's pretty split between men and women. Mm-hmm. According to this, equal amount of men and women develop the illness. Um, but I was also surprised that it says onset is between sixteen and twenty-five years old. Right. So that they have kind of a weird.
0: That is a really odd window. Uh, I guess I could see that. I think 16 to 25 is when you do the most changing in your life. um, Mm, Makes sense. And your brain is roughly fully developed by the time you hit 25.
1: That makes sense.
0: Uh, Number four, we've got psychosis and schizophrenia. Approximately 3.5 million people in the U.S. are diagnosed with schizophrenia, and it is one of the leading causes of disability. Uh, 90% of people who are diagnosed with schizophrenia by age 30 are men. Wow, that's I didn't see that. That's uh, that's a really big statistic. I didn't realize that ninety percent of people who are diagnosed uh by the age of thirty are men. That's very surprising.
1: Yeah, it's, that it's weird. Really that... It, of these five, it seems like there are definitely times that you have to worry about others. That like it's you exit one window into the next.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: gosh. And then our our last one on here, eating disorders, which account for an estimated ten percent of patients with anorexia, bulimia an estimated 35% of those with a binge eating disorder. Um, that makes sense. I know a lot of dudes that are binge eaters. Binge drinkers, too. Yeah. That's... yeah.
0: Um, oh. Yeah. Uh...
1: And then it says that men are less likely to seek professional help than women for eating disorders, though. It seems to be a common theme.
0: Right. Among um, everything. Yeah. Uh, men don't seek help.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And then.
0: Wow. The highest suicide rates in the U.S. are found in Caucasian men over the age of 85. Oh,
1: okay. That's rough.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. Holy shit.
1: There you go. Risk factors, social isolation, substance abuse, military-related trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. Genetic predisposition. That all makes sense as a risk for suicide.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another risk factor here, or not risk factor, but uh, sexual orientation is another, uh, puts you at risk for suicide. Uh, gay and bisexual men are more likely to develop mental health disorders than heterosexual men. Uh, gay males are at an increased risk of suicide attempts, especially before the age of 25. Um, I just, like, I I said that like june is also um like lgbtq pride month uh i just want to say that this podcast is a safe space and if you feel like you need to talk to somebody about it please reach out to somebody about it Um, absolutely i'm not forcing anybody to come out or anything like that but if you feel like you have one or two options either coming out or suicide um please find help. and i mean that in the kindest way like seek someone Um, To talk to
1: so I definitely have some personal experience with I don't want to say all of these depression and anxiety definitely is something that I've dealt with and it's been uh, from all sorts of different sources thankfully my kids have never been one of those reasons (laughs) that I found myself in an anxious or you know uh, depressed stage right Obviously, it causes a lot of stresses, and those stresses have ripple effects, and sometimes combined with family problems or work problems and stuff like that, I think it's easy to find yourself really wound up in anxiety and depression, kind of grouped up together before you realize you're even in that bucket. Or at least that was a little bit of my experience, Is kind of wading in too deep before realizing I'm in too deep.
0: Yeah. Um, I think our next thing here is substance abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, to speak on that, I also i'm somebody who has suffered with uh depression and anxiety throughout their life um runs in my family it's one of those things that uh, i go to therapy on a regular basis to help with me becoming more emotionally intelligent um and i think that helps i think therapy should be a requirement for almost anyone over the age of
1: 25 (laughs) yes i agree with that (laughs) i agree with that yep
0: uh but on to substance abuse um Alcohol dependency approximately affects approximately one in five men developing. Okay, approximately one in five men develop alcohol dependency during their lives. Uh, I think i I think we all know somebody who has leaned a little bit yeah. too heavily on alcohol. Um, myself included, at points in my life, I was fucking, For sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's dark times, and sometimes a bottle is the only way you feel like you can make it out of that. But
1: yeah gay and bisexual men, homosexual men, are more likely to have higher rates of substance abuse than heterosexual men.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, military veterans. Um, male veterans, regardless of their form of service, experience nearly twice the rate of alcohol and drug use as women. Uh, if I, that makes sense. Uh, I have a... Tristan, who was on the podcast, uh, I think before we started doing... Um, we had two hosts, uh, was a marine and one of the biggest things that i remember him doing was like he i remember he drank a lot and i don't remember a time between the time that i was like 20 to 25 that anytime i saw him he wasn't drinking um but uh he seems like he's doing better now and his he's got his like wife and kids and everything like that that are helping him I'm a
1: veteran myself, man. It's such a cultural thing and, and some parts, some it says regardless of your service, I kinda push back on that because there's right. you know, specific jobs and communities even within each branch. Some are so predisposed to having that heavy drinking culture. It's Yeah. I you know I I know some guys that came from some backgrounds even in even in the military where they're like, it was a it was a party the whole time. Yeah. You work hard, you play hard, and it didn't, yeah. it didn't take any prisoners, you know what I mean? So um, that one, that one hits home for me for sure.
0: I, I could, yeah.
1: So we talked a little bit about of our own experiences on there. Um, I also go to a uh, video therapy online. Right. This, this podcast is one of the few outlets in my life where I feel like I can, can parse out some of the things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. I had a video chat with a therapist and it was the worst experience I've ever had dealing with any medical professional ever. Really? I, it is the... Therapy version of of a phlebotomist collapsing your vein. Oh my it is like the kind of experience that makes you want to walk away. Now, thankfully, I've I've worked with mental health professionals before. I've done intakes and stuff like that, where you kind of have to talk about yourself. Yeah. And I know from that experience what that process should look like. Mm-hmm. So, the the little bit of advice that I can try and parse out to the other dads, especially those who are battling something and decided to 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 get a win in and, and go to therapy. If you are having a bad experience with your therapist, that doesn't necessarily, you're not, you're not doing therapy wrong.
0: Right. And just because it doesn't work with one therapist doesn't mean that it won't work with a different therapist. Yes. There is and, someone out there that you could talk to.
1: And if you've never done it before, if you first time seeking it, that's kind of what it could feel like if yeah. this doesn't feel good. Is this what's is therapy supposed to feel this bad? Am I supposed to have this bad of a relationship with who I'm speaking to? And the answer is no, no, you should feel comfortable. And it might not be the, the most elegant conversation that you have with someone. It might not be with your best friend. You should like your therapist.
0: Yeah. Uh, you just said, uh, like it might not be comfortable. Like the conversations you have might not be comfortable and they're not supposed to be comfortable because if you feel comfortable yes. in every conversation that you have with your therapist, you're just talking to a friend, be Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're just talking to a friend at that point. Um, and you know, sometimes just talking to a friend is okay. Sometimes that's what you need. Um, yeah, for we, a while with my current therapist, it felt like I was just going to talk to a friend until one day he was like, "Okay, so let's talk about that more." And I'm just like,
1: uh, uh, <laughs> "Oh god. Yeah. You were to be cool. Um, it is from recent events that I, the advice that I could parse out is it should feel good. It should feel relieving, Relie, really, Yeah. Like you're making progress on something, even if that progress is a little bit slower. I just, I don't want someone to have the courage to finally go out and seek a therapist to have a bad experience and not have the confidence to at least try again. Because right. unfortunately, like all things, sometimes it takes trying it twice.
0: It takes a little bit of work.
1: It takes a little bit of work.
0: Um, Before I found my current therapist, I think I had tried three other therapists. Um, And that's coming from somebody who, like, in middle school and high school, I went to a therapist on a regular basis, stopped going through all my 20s, arguably the worst years of my life, until about 28. Uh, And then just recently started going back to a therapist last year. Um, So... Uh, and i tried going to two or three different therapists and it was not working it didn't work out i didn't like it and i was at the point where i was like man maybe i should just like try something else maybe therapy isn't for Mm me uh and then uh my current therapist called me back and was like hey i have an opening here let's get you in do it like an initial interview and everything like that and within the first four to five sessions i was going monthly he was like oh I can tell already you suffer from adult ADHD and there's uh, some other kind of anxiety disorder in there. So. Uh, mm. And also, just because you go to therapy doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you.
1: Absolutely not. Even as a parent, even as a brand new dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that is definitely when I was seeking out treatment for what all builds up
0: yeah um no a big thing for me was whenever we found out that my wife is pregnant i was like okay i need to redouble my efforts at therapy i need to know what's making me tick so that way i can be a more emotionally intelligent and i guess intelligent in general um mentally intelligent individual
1: well, they never show that part of the movie when they're like, oh, you're going to be a dad. And it's, you know, uh, the titch, not titular tich- the, the quintessential, oh, I'm so scared, you know, all right. oh, my life is over or the the other. I'm so excited. It's it's what happens like an hour later after you're like, yeah. oh, shit. Now I have to double down on not just therapy, but everything like.
0: Right. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like you find out. And there's that, like, initial, like, excitement. You're like, yeah, cool, I'm going to be a dad. But then you're, you do have that little bit of fear. Like, they're like, oh, man, I'm, my life's over. I can tell you right now that, like, I was, said it to my wife earlier today. I was like, I cannot remember a time in my life where, like, I didn't have, like, any everything before my daughter seems so unimportant at this point.
1: It is writing a new chapter where everything after this point is qualified with it's now after that point
0: yeah it's like that episode of south park where they play world of warcraft and they like max out their characters and it's like stan or kyle are like so what do we do now and then cartman's like what do you mean now we can start playing the game like i got to that point in my life and then it's like as cheesy as it sounds like oh that's when life started like yep i was a different person before i had my daughter and i will say that every day
1: you shift gears into a gear you didn't know you had. Exactly. Yeah. <clears> Hundred percent. <throat> uh,
0: I think I think that's the two topics we wanted to hit. Um, okay. Let's. Do you want to hit some segments? Sure. Go for it. Cool. Um, changing it from good dad, bad dad to good, better, best. Um, which basically we're going to take something we're doing good at, um, something we want to do better, and then something we think that we've completely nailed. Okay. Um so I think I'll start off my good. Um I think I am doing I'm doing good at um managing my expectations when I'm watching my daughter. Um I think before it was very much like, oh okay, she'll just sleep the whole time and I'll get to do whatever I want. And now I'm very much like, oh, like my daughter's three months old. I now it's at the point in my life where I'm like I've gotten good at entertaining my daughter. I will say that. That is what I think my point there was.
1: Excellent. The good. Oh, boy. I think I'm doing good at enforcing some consistency in what my wife and I do as parents. You know, if one parent says you can do this, it's reinforcing, hey, mom said you can't or can't do that. It's been really challenging as you kind of get into this groove. It's a good groove, but it's the regular parenting that you kind of do every day. You, You figure out the minimum you can do. Yeah cuz you're tired um, and sometimes that minimum is eh, i can i said no more food but you know right I... we uh, could do a candy bar or something
0: yeah i saw maybe an article that i read or a video that i saw but like in the paper or the article or the video i watched she was saying that when you're in a partnership with your significant other like you're everybody's like oh i always want to give 110% like no you have 100% to give uh, so, like, and get, like I have 100%. She has 100%. Together, we don't have 200%. We still only have that 100%. So, it's like, some days, I can only give 30%. And then, she's like, okay, well, I got you for the other 70 Or, some days, it'll be like, hey, she'll have a hard day with the baby, because I'm at work. Um, She'll be like, hey, th- it, like, being a parent sucked today, I need you to give more. I'm like, alright, cool, yeah. yeah, I got it. It's all about um like being the best teammate that you can be I think is what I've found. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you're I think that's exactly what you're hitting on by yep. reinforcing things that your wife is laying down. For sure. Or back vice versa. Um the thing I want to do better is recognizing when my wife needs that break. Um, mm-hmm. Without needing to be told, um, I think that's one thing that um, I think everybody in the course of the relationship at some point in time, in a relationship that you've had ever, uh, you have that significant other's like, well, why didn't you know what I needed? I'm like, well, you mm-hmm. didn't tell me. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to do a better job of anticipating what my wife and I guess to an extension, my daughter needs before. Uh, they know that they need it or before they have to tell mm. me they need it. Um, so, like I said earlier, I've been trying to make sure that my wife has clean pump parts. Um, I've been trying to take the primary parent role um, yeah. throughout the night, even though I'm working up, like, I'm getting up early in the morning to work. Um, I'm still trying to take that primary parent role at night so my wife can get those eight hours that she needs to be her best self the next day.
1: And, Loki, it's, it's rewarding as hell when you anticipate something they need, and you nail it perfectly. Oh, I really want this. Guess what I just got from the store, you know? Like, I really want to go here. Guess what I lined up for this weekend? Oh, that is, like, perfect.
0: Uh, Or to... Another way that I'm trying to be better is by just... If I can't figure it out, just asking. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, before I came up here, I was like, hey, is there anything that you need to do need me to do for you before you i go upstairs and record um Mm. i was like yeah can you get me a snack and i'm like yeah sure totally what do you want so i grabbed a couple bags of chips got her on the couch uh the baby's was just hitting that point where she's like completely asleep
1: Mm. all right what do i got for better um i mentioned it earlier that consistency yeah um and the consistency comes from working with all those little things that you're trying to do as a parent that are, you know, you saw on YouTube or you read in a book to try to give your kid an advantage is stand on that stuff. Um, You know, we got some notes from our daycare about working on uh, letters and names with my daughter. And it's just making sure that we spend consistent, dedicated time every day trying to do that with her and then turn around and doing it with my son and not just assume, hey, you know, okay. I did it with the first kid. Now I'm letting up on the second. So it's getting right. in there and taking reps for... Trying to do all those little things that you think are gonna gonna get your kid a little bit ahead of the curve. If it's your you know flashcard person, you about listening to music in utero or playing classical music for them whenever you can. Just keeping up on all those little things is a good habit to get into.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think that's great that you're not letting up. Like you're like okay, these are things you're kind of like getting ahead of a problem that your son may have later on. Early yeah,
1: on. but that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, um, I th- so my best or the thing that I've nailed, I think I have absolutely nailed, um, getting the podcast episodes up on a regular basis. <laughs> e- there it is. <laughs> uh, outside, non-joking. I think I've done. Uh, I think uh, the thing that I've nailed at this point is being the sounding board for my wife to let mm. her express what qualms she is having um and supporting her like making sure that she isn't you know feeling at fault for something um giving her the space that she needs Hmm. to express herself even if the problem that she's having is something that i've done especially if it's something you've done especially (laughs) yeah hit me with your ufl let's go so my overrated um my overrated right now uh, is Blue's Clues.
1: Okay.
0: Like, I understand its necessity. It was great for kids in the early 2000s. But right now, if I have to find one more clue, I will, um... Lose your shit. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. I will lose my shit. Um, my underrated is any other show that's not Blue's Clues. Um, oh, there is a... Give me one second. Let me find the link. Uh. Uh, my favorite this is a change from what i said originally um okay. we have recently become a pampers family mm. uh, we were big huggies advocates um, but we yep. recently had a huge ass box of pampers um, and i i mean lack of disney characters aside love them
1: uh team pampers as well
0: team pampers um i think that we are still huggies wipes people though
1: whatever you do get the app that gives you the rewards
0: oh uh that's probably that is actually my favorite thing right now is my wife has gotten Mm -hmm. really into like saving us money like couponing and like getting the rebates getting the points and everything like that from yes yeah because we are effectively keeping target alive at this point um With the amount of money that we spent at that store. Uh, So that's overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite thing right now. Um, I don't know that I have a least favorite thing right now. Okay. Um, Oh, I do. It's like 3.30 a.m. wake-ups. Fuck that. Yeah, because that's like, I get up at 5.30 for work. um, So it's like two hours is that cutoff limit where I'm just like... Uh Well, if I, by the time I get you back down, it's four. If there's no real point in me going back to bed for an hour and a half. I could probably like, take a shower or something like that. And that's my least favorite thing.
1: I can throw you up a quick oh, UFL of my own. Mm-hmm. We talked about the stupid fucking pump parts. Yeah. Uh, so overrated are the drying racks that yes. look cute but don't actually work very well. Love that. Um, Those suck. Don't buy those. They They look great in the magazine. They don't look like that in your house. No, they don't. uh Overrated. I'm sorry, underrated. Underrated as the drying grass. It's yeah. the plastic. I don't remember the brand. But it's it's great. Um, we have kind of phased out of using bottles in my house There's still like sippy cups and stuff. But we use that as our drying rack just as a nice. regular one. You can put knives in there. They won't stop you or anything. It's great.
0: Nice. Uh, overrated underrated. favorite
1: favorite. Yep. Square dishwasher drying racks so there's a couple of brands that make their like little plastic cages that open up and you can put bottle parts in there yeah Uh, we were given a round one which was fine until you realize it doesn't fit in the dishwasher Mm. you're losing out on a lot of space with those corners yeah and we bought the oxo one and it's square and it sits down in the top rack of the dishwasher it works so much better and fits so much more um
0: our dishwasher the basket on it has clips that go down over it Uh, And it runs runs along the side. Clips, basically, is what I'm saying here. Uh, It's an efficient use of space. Um,
1: Yeah, get the Oxo 1, too, and then you'll be able to run both. Yeah. Game game changer, when Um, you're like...
0: Dishwasher has a, like, bottle setting on it.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, then my least favorite is that sanitizer. And I say it's my least favorite, because I didn't have it for the first kid. Had to use a stupid microwave bag's... Used it for the second kid, and I was disappointed. I thought it was gonna like save me a bunch of time and be super nice. It was fine. The the if you have a bottle sanitizer, it's fine. Right. It's fine. Right. I just thought it was gonna be really really cool. That's my least favorite.
0: Oh, uh, I do have a favorite stuff thing, and it is a bottle warmer. Um, mm. We've gotten to the point where because my daughter is breastfeeding so frequently, she only wants warm milk. So, I have to, I like baby starts crying and i'm on dad duty so it's like all right cool i'm gonna pick the baby up i can pump it like i can get a bottle together three ounces in a bottle that's enough to get her back to bed put it in there warm it up for however many minutes i need Right. yeah um so that's your that's our oufls that's uh good better best i don't have any other segments that i want to do so i don't either cool 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 uh, I'm, do you have a dad joke this week?
1: Uh, I don't. I would have to go find one real quick.
0: I'm finding one right now. I
1: think I had last week's.
0: Yeah, I think you did too. Alright, so... That's it for another episode of High Podcasting I'm Dad. Official Dadcast. Yes. Um. It's at Official Dadcast. Yes, you can follow us on Twitter, at Official Dadcast. You can... Um, email us um that's official hpid uh at gmail.com you can like and follow us on anywhere where you get your um podcasts that's spotify google podcast stitcher um
1: and hey um, while you're there leave us a five-star review tell us how much we were great
0: or what you didn't like either way leave us a five-star review so i'm gonna hit you with a dad joke real quick here. All right. Uh, what you do, what should you do to prevent dry skin? What use a towel.
1: Oh, I actually really like that one. That's a good
0: one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna go downstairs and talk right. my wife. That one. All that right. one's good. That's it. See you next time.
1: See you.